Hey everyone, business owners, ladies, entrepreneurs, mothers, and maybe even a few men. I'm Megan Lockhart, the creator of Hello Life Academy, and welcome to our show. I'm gonna talk about all things life and business with a little bit of mom stuff too, every Monday and Friday. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tag us on social media using hashtag Hello Life Academy so we can celebrate everything that you're doing in your life and business. Enjoy the episode and check out more resources at hellolifeacademy.com. So Emmy, I'm so thankful that you're here this morning on the show and I can't wait for everybody to listen to this because I believe that this topic, imposter syndrome, is so valuable right now and and I, I, I'm excited to learn from you and I think everyone else will be. So who are you? What do you do? <laughs> well, I'm Emmy Estacio. Um, I've been a psychologist for over 20 years now, um, but I've stepped into this online space um, after 20 years of captivity, if you like, in academia. Um, I've liberated myself from academia because I feel that I could contribute more and make a bigger impact, reach more people um, through my books. Uh, all of my books are on Amazon um, and step into this online space and make a bigger impact. So my passion really is to um, share what I know from psychology, applied psychology, and teach people how they can embrace their true worth, you know, build their self-confidence, really understand what they're capable of doing and, and share that with the rest of the world. So yeah, so that's me. So, so you, were, you were at a university for a long time, 20 plus years, and then you shifted gears to be in the online space. How thankful are you for that right now? <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I started about two years ago. So I'm two years ahead of everyone who's starting right now. Um, at first, I was really scared um, because coming from um, you know, the university background, I'm used to just talking to fellow academics, you know, talking to my students within the four walls of the classroom. Everything is so predictable almost. And that's why I got a little bit bored, <laughs> to be honest. So I've decided to step out of that and, and into this online space. Initially, it was quite scary because um, there's so many trolls out there, so many weirdos out there. And, you know, some people also, because I have a little bit of a baby face, um, they are questioning, like, who is this kid? Well, actually, no, I'm... I'm I've been doing this for over 20 years now. I'm not really a kid anymore. But, you know, just really being able to embrace, as I've said, you know, embrace um, what I'm capable of doing. Um, obviously, there will be a little bit of self-doubt, um, feelings of incompetence. I've written the book, Imposter Syndrome Remedy, ironically, because I've experienced it myself. But because I've experienced it myself, I know what it's like to be afraid, to be unsure about what I can offer, thinking that, oh, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe, maybe I'm not really, maybe I don't really know what I'm talking about. So recognizing that these feelings exist and recognizing where they're coming from and knowing how to deal with them because of my background in psychology, I did manage to um, uh, cope with that. And now I'm sharing what I know with, um, with those who are listening right now and to those who are reading my books and to those who, who need it right now. I, I love hearing, hearing you say that because like imposter syndrome is something that I feel like I deal with every time someone says, what is your background? And they say, you don't have a marketing background. I'm like, no, I don't. I used to make maps for a living, but 
When you work with women and men uh, and when they're reading your book, what are some of the things that come up for imposter syndrome that people kind of like what I'm, what I'm thinking is sometimes people don't even know they're in that space. So what, what comes up for a lot of people? Right. Can I just say that imposter syndrome is so common? 70% of us will experience imposter syndrome at, in, our, in our working lives. So there's the 30%. They're not necessarily arrogant <laughs> that, you know, that they, are, they think that they are the best and they know everything. It's just that those 30% recognize that they are not perfect and they're okay with that, right? You know, they are... You know, they have their strengths, they, are, they have their limitations, and they are quite comfortable with that. For those of us who experience imposter syndrome, me included, you know, 70% of us, one of the common characteristics of, of imposter syndrome is this inability to internalize success. That even if you are good at what you do, even if you've shown that you are able to deliver what you're supposed to deliver, you're still questioning whether it's really you who brought that success, you might say things like, oh, you know, I just got lucky. Or people might be telling, telling you, oh, you're fantastic. You've done an excellent job. And you would say something like, oh, you're being too nice. You know, they're just being polite. Um, so it's that inability to own your success, inability to internalize success, or maybe you are part of the team. And the team actually um, uh, succeeded in, in what you're supposed to do. You would say things like, it wasn't me, it was them. You know, I had an amazing team. I had nothing to do with that. Even if I wasn't there, the outcomes would be the same. So that's one of the main characteristics I found from, from my clients uh, in particular. You know, they would work as part of the team. They may be leading their team, you know, because they, they are experts. You know, they are actually really good at what they do. They, they were given the responsibility to lead the team. And the team delivered what they were supposed to deliver. And they would say, it wasn't me. It's just that I have an amazing team. You know, I got lucky, the stars aligned, or people are just being nice to me. So that's one main characteristic of imposter syndrome. Another characteristic is this maladaptive um, perfectionist tendencies. Um, I have to say, though, there's a difference between adaptive perfectionism and maladaptive perfectionism. When we talk about adaptive perfectionism, it's this, um, you're, you, you're striving for perfection. You do something, you make mistakes, you review it, and you say, okay, next time I'll do better. It's going to be okay. That's adaptive perfectionism, and that's totally acceptable. You know, as we would like to be better the next time, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But when it comes to maladaptive perfectionism, it's this point where you've actually done 99.9% and you have that 0.1% flow and you can't see anything but that flow. Whoa. You know, you lose sleep over that. So for example, in my case, as a public speaker or, you know, when I was a lecturer, you know, all of my students would say, wow, what a fantastic lecture. You know, we learned so much from what you've said. And the, the only thing I remember is that little bit where I stuttered yeah. At the start of my presentation, even if everyone totally forgot about that because the lecture was amazing, um, all I could remember is that bit where I stumbled and forgot my words and just stuttered. So that's maladaptive perfectionism. You're unable to recognize what you've done well and you just focus on these little trivial things that you know people actually didn't even notice. So... 
people with imposter syndrome have these tendencies to just focus on the flaws, maladaptive perfectionist tendencies. And it's, it could spiral into um, worst case depression because they, they aren't able to um, enjoy um, the satisfaction of their success. And most of the time, they also live um, in this um, deep state of anxiety. They are worried that people will eventually find out that they are just faking it. And the, the interesting thing is usually this would, you know, uh, people, uh, early career professionals will experience this. But those who are um, experienced, those who have like years and years of experience in their job, they have it worse. Because they feel as if they've been fooling everyone all these years. You know, they, they've received all these accolades and all these awards. And people are going to find out that they are actually fraud. So they live in this heightened state of anxiety that even if they are performing well, even if they are doing a fantastic job, they couldn't recognize it and they couldn't embrace and enjoy their success. You know, when I'm listening to you to speak... I can just almost feel what I experienced. Um, but for me, and I, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this, that happened in about year three when things had gone so well. And I, I, you know, the first three years of my career online, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm great. But then year three, I started to think, holy Hannah, everybody, every, nobody, nobody believes me anymore. What's going on? What do you think? that was about yeah it actually crept in <laughs> unexpectedly yeah. and this is what happens sometimes you know you 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 get comfortable at the beginning and then eventually it creeps in you know self doubt will creep in every now and then when you are achieving that level of success when things are going right and then you start doubting do i deserve this I cannot believe that I pulled it off. You know, that's, that's, when, that's when it happens. And what I've noticed as well is um, some people might be forgiving at the start. Like, okay, I understand that, you know, I'm just starting out. You know, I'm learning things. This is all so exciting. And eventually in your case, when you reach the third year, you know, things are sort of stabilizing maybe. That's when the self-doubt started to creep in. And you, you just couldn't believe that, you know, you actually made it and you couldn't believe that they actually believed in you. Yeah. So that's where the, yeah, it, it happens sometimes. And as I've said, there are people who have been in their business 20 years, 30 years, they wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh my goodness, oh, they're going to find out eventually. Also, the thing is, and I experienced this myself, as I've said, you know, 20 years as a psychologist, I was just talking to my, to my coach as well. You know, even if I'm a coach, I also have a coach. Yeah. I told her, look, um, some of the things that I do, I do so easily. And I, I'm just worried that people are going to find out that you know, what I'm teaching them is not that hard. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you can, I can do it with my eyes closed. Why would they pay me big bucks to help them out in something that's so simple? And my coach said, well, it's simple for you <laughs> because you're the expert. So it's, it's recognizing that what is easy for you and you think that it's easy for everyone that's not necessarily the case it's easy for you because you got the experience you got the training you 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 learned it yeah. and 
you might think that it's easy for you, but it's not necessarily easy for everyone. And just because it's easy for you and people are paying you big bucks for it doesn't make you a fraud. You're essentially just helping them into so, you know, with something that you know so well and that they struggle with. And that's wonderful. So yeah, yeah. I think that shift of saying like, this is my strength. And I want to teach other people how to step into that too. But yeah, I think especially in the online space with coaches, that comes up repeatedly. So how, how do you shift? How, do, how does somebody shift? So they're, they're living in this imposter syndrome state and it's very fear-based. How, how do you shift from that? Sure. Can I just say that what I've noticed with, when, when people experience imposter syndrome, I've seen um, polarized responses to it, to those who aren't able to manage. There are those who are able to manage and there are those who aren't able to manage. So there are polarized um, responses. There are those who are given the responsibility. They are given the task. And they doubt themselves so much that they would say, okay, I have to do this. Fine, I'll get on with it. But it just means that I have to bend over backwards. I have to work 60 hours a week just to get it done. Because if I don't work really, 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 really hard, and if I don't put in all of these hours, it's going to fail. And then people are going to find out that I'm incompetent. So on the one hand, there are those, including myself, I've seen myself do this, um, you know, at the start of my career as an academic, um, I would work 60-hour weeks because I'm scared that, you know, I'm, I'm doubting myself. I'm doubting my abilities. Um, I said, I won't be able to deliver this well to the quality that I want to, um, to give. So I was working 60-hour weeks um, because I was feeling as if, if I don't work hard, if I don't put in the hours, then the quality wouldn't be good enough. I told you earlier, maladaptive perfectionism is one of the key characteristics of imposter syndrome. So I found myself writing an article because that's what we do in academia. We write research papers. I'll edit and edit and edit and edit until there's no more (laughs) to edit. But I, I don't stop. You know, I put in all the hours because I'm afraid that if I don't, people are going to find out that I'm incompetent, that, you know, that, that my work is not good enough. So on the one spectrum, you have these people who will bend over, bend over backwards and work extremely hard, which will have an impact on their social life, on their health, on their well-being, and so on. So that's one side of the spectrum. On the other hand, there are those who would be given a task and they will doubt themselves thinking, oh, I, I'm not sure I'm I'm I can do this. I'm not sure if I'm if I have the skill. So what they would do is they would procrastinate. Mm. You know, they will try to put it off. That's that's the problem of future me. Um, I'll deal with it when I feel ready. And they never get ready. They never feel ready. So when the time comes when they absolutely have to deliver it, they will. They will get it done, and they will do the best you know, job that they can. And they would say, I only managed to do it because I was under pressure. You know, without that pressure, it's not going to happen. So you can see that either way, whether you work 60-hour weeks or whether you are the one procrastinating, you still couldn't internalize the success because you, you would say it is because of the circumstance. On the one hand, one was under pressure. The other one just put in all the hours. And if you take those out, they would say it wasn't me, it was just the circumstance. And for me, certainly, um, as far as my well-being is concerned, 
um, I worked 60-hour weeks when I was able to. But when I had my child, I didn't have the luxury to work 60 hours a week anymore. I have, a, I have another human being to look after. So for me, I didn't have that time. I, I could only work 35 hours a week now um, because I have to go home and, and look after my child. And for me, because I haven't internalized that I'm actually good at what I do, I had this identity crisis. You know, I'm thinking now that I'm not putting in the hours, now people are going to find out that I'm incompetent. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's where I did spiral into depression. Maybe postnatal depression came into effect, you know, when, when I experienced that. But it certainly wasn't a happy place. Um, it certainly wasn't a, a good time for me, for my partner, for for my son. It it was just horrible. So as far as managing imposter syndrome is concerned, if you are able to get the strategy now, which I'm going to teach you in a little while, if you become more aware of the symptoms, if you can become more aware of what you can do about it, the better because you, you'll never know when self-doubt will come knocking at your door. And if you're unprepared, you know, you could spiral into, into depression and some mental health difficulties. Mm-hmm. Now, because you asked me about the strategy, I'll tell you one strategy. Um, one of the things that I teach in my book um, is called the TLC questioning sequence. Um, but before I talk about the TLC questioning sequence, you must first recognize that imposter syndrome can come from your inner critic messages, right? These thoughts inside your head that tell you you're not good enough, that you're going to fail, that you're not expert enough, that people are going to find out that you're a fraud. These are all messages um, that we tell ourselves, and and I call them inner critics um, in my book. Now, some self-help gurus might ask you to crush it, to to banish it, to fight it, to ignore it, things like that. I'm not going to tell you to do that because ultimately, whether you like it or not, the inner critic is still a part of who you are. It's in your head, and if you are going to fight with it, you're essentially having a fight with yourself right? So it's, it's going to be just a vicious cycle. It's going to be a battle inside your head. So what I would say, instead of having a fight with your inner critic, give it a bit of TLC. And I'm not talking about tender loving care here, right? Because that, that's not what, what we're talking about here. TLC is a questioning sequence that I developed to encourage you to have a compassionate self-talk with your inner critic. So this means you ask, Is it true? Is it logical? Is it constructive? Because most of the time, the the messages that we tell ourselves are usually lies. They are irrational. They are illogical. And more often than not, they are destructive. So if I can give you an example, one of my clients, she would say something like, uh, you know, I'm not qualified to do my job. Like, you know, they, they gave me the job. I'm not really sure why. Maybe I was just bragging during my interview. You know, you're you're allowed to brag. You know, that's the that's the context. You know, you're allowed to brag during the interview. So they gave me the job because I was, you know, showing off during the interview. And now that I got it, I just don't feel I'm good enough. I'm not qualified enough to do the job. So yeah. when you apply the TLC questioning sequence, I would ask, is it true that you're not qualified <laughs> to do the job? I mean, have you seen your resume? <laughs> you know, what qualifications and, and what experience do you have on there? 
that makes you the best person to deliver this work. So most of the time, these are lies that, that, we, that we tell ourselves. Most of the time, it is untrue. So you just have to ask the question first, is it true? Because if it is not, then why are you holding on to it? The second question, is it logical? Again, in relation to I'm not qualified, I'm not good enough, I don't know why they hired me. The question is, is it logical? Is it logical for them to hire someone who is unqualified? It is not in their best interests to, to actually hire someone who they think is incompetent. So when you ask that second question, is it logical? Again, you would realize that some of these thoughts that you have inside your head are, you know, irrational because it's a, it's it's your way to it's a it's a defense mechanism, if you like, um, that 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 we have as humans. And the third question: Is it constructive? Most of the time, you know, these inner critic messages that we have, they are not really helpful. So how does you thinking that you're, you're not qualified, that you're not good enough, how is that helping you or anyone in any way? If it is not helping you, then why are you holding on to it? So the TLC questioning sequence, um, usually even just with the first question, you know, is it true? Usually it's actually enough to snap people out of it. <laughs> they would realize like, okay, yeah, it's, it's not true. So yeah, I, I'm not really sure why I'm holding on to it. I'm going to practice this today because even when, when you're going through us, I, I thought I'll probably often stop at that first question. Is this true? No, it's not true. So move on and work through that. But over the last you know, five years, I probably told myself so many lies that, and then that's when it crept up in my life. It was like, okay, that's right. you've been lying to yourself for all of those years when you started and now you have to deal with it. You have to handle it. So I That's love, right. I love this strategy. I think it's going to be- I love the TLC questioning yeah. sequence as well. But just, just, to, just to note this, the reason why I, I ask my readers and, and my clients not to suppress it, not to, to have a fight with it, is because sometimes, sometimes the inner critic is true. <laughs> you know, sometimes it can be true. That's why I have the L and the C. So for example, you say something like, I, oh, you know, my, there are so many people out there who are better than me. Um, you know, there's there, they have better results. They are doing amazingly well. And, you know, I'm just not sure if I'm cut out for this, you know, I'm not sure if I'm good enough. So the first question, is it true? Is it true that they are doing better than you? Well, actually, yeah, <laughs> it is probably true. You know, you're, especially if you are just starting, there are people who have been doing this for 20 or 30 years. It, is, it, it may be true that they are better than you. But the next question is, is it logical? You know, just because someone else is doing better than you, doesn't mean that you're a failure. You no. know, someone's performance is not a reflection of yours. You know, it, that's completely illogical. I, I couldn't really see the connection there unless it is a, you know, it's an Olympics. You know, there, there's actually a, a competition like someone is keeping score. Okay, if someone is doing better than you, then you lose if it is an <laughs> actual competition, right? Yeah. But, you know, in, in this space, you know, you know with, with online business, there are people who might be, getting better results than us it, it's you know it might be true but 
you know, just because they are doing better than us, it doesn't mean that we are a failure. It just means that we are at different, you know, at, at different levels, at different points in our, in our career. And the third question is, is it constructive? You can actually learn something from them. You know, instead of using that thought to destroy your self-worth, you can actually use that thought and ask, you know, what is it that they are doing that's bringing them results? What can I learn from them? You know, why are they doing so well? And what can I gain from, you know, from learning and observing them? And what can I put into my own practice to, to benefit from the good things that's happening, you know, that, that, that you can see from others. So instead of feeling so bad about yourself, especially with social media, you know, people with photoshopped lives and, you know, photoshopped results, you know, just because someone is doing better than you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a failure. It just means that you are at a different stage of your career and to make it constructive, you can actually learn from them and use their success as a as a learning point, you know, rather than using that to destroy your own self-worth. Yeah. I love that so much because it's it really brings up that whole it's not competition. It's really about looking and learning. Like education and curiosity is power in, in all industries. So that that's amazing. I love it. So what what book could people buy today that would help them with with this from you? Like what book what book can we buy from you? Because I want to buy all the books. <laughs> I, I actually do have three books, but you know what we are talking about today is the imposter syndrome remedy, which is part of the psychology in your life series. So um, that's where I talk about um, the inner critic messages. I talk about all sorts of strategies in there as well. Today, we talked about the, the TLC technique, but I also talk about you know gratitude and mentoring. And to be honest with you, when I talk about mentoring um, in the Imposter Syndrome Remedy book, I'm not just talking about you getting a mentor. Of course, it would be great for you to get a mentor because some of your inner critic messages are so... Uh, they are long-held beliefs, like you, you've been holding on to these lies for so long that you need someone, you, you need a coach or, or a therapist if you have, if you really have deep-seated um, psychological issues, you might, you might need that extra support to help you with it. But in Imposter Syndrome Remedy in my book, when I talk about mentoring, I talk about you becoming a mentor to someone else because that's when you can actually show that you have strengths, that you have skills, that you have experience and knowledge that you can share with someone else. And when you see that there is someone who is struggling, maybe someone who is two or three years uh, you know, behind you, you mm -hmm. can show that you have these skills that you can share. And, and that could actually cultivate your, your confidence, knowing that, okay, there might be those who are ahead of you, but you also have skills that can serve you know others as well. So there are all sorts of uh, all sorts of strategies that I teach in the in the book Imposter Syndrome Remedy. In fact, there is a thirty day um, plan. You know you have to download my workbook there, and you go through the thirty day action plan so you can take one simple step day by day um, to remedy your imposter syndrome to to become more aware of the thoughts that you're holding on to your head for so long and how can you remedy it so you can actually flourish with confidence at work and in life. I, I love that. I'm downloading that workbook and grabbing your book because I think that this is really, really powerful. 
I, I worry a little bit about so many people staying in their homes and watching the internet and scrolling through Facebook that the imposter syndrome is going to just feel so much bigger. So this workbook and your book is needed. Uh, it was needed before. And now I feel like, come on guys, like get a copy of this and do the workbook. Emmy, thank you so much for spending all this beautiful time with me. I appreciate everything you had to say. I, I want to hang out with you in person soon all the way in the UK. <laughs> when all of this is over, when we're allowed to travel again, that would be lovely. <laughs> it will be nice. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope that was as good as it was for you, as it was for me. That was so fantastic. Thank you for being an amazing human being and for listening to our show. Please leave a review so that we can always improve and make sure that we're doing a better job week by week for you. All the resources can be found at hellolifeacademy.com forward slash blog. I can't wait to hear what you thought about this week's show. It's just so